Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. All right, my worst fear here, oh, there's the brightness, is that I won't be able to read my computer. Um, You know, I'm so honored to be able to speak to you today. Um, Beyond honored, I mean, it is, do I have a problem? No, okay. The honest truth is, Welcome to Amateur Hour. I'm not a professional speaker. I, this is my second time preaching a sermon. Um, I'm going to speak to you today about motherhood, and I haven't even successfully completed that. My, my oldest child is about to be 14, um, and I, you know, when, when you are actively in the middle of something and you begin seeking the Lord for what you should share to others on that topic, it's extremely humbling. And I have up to the minute I left my house, lived real life, knowing I'm going to be preaching this, but also making tons of mistakes all week. My kids could probably give you very specific things this week that happened that I failed or did that just, you know, please, please, please. I'm going to preach what I think God has called me to preach. I'm going to try to speak with authority, but don't worry. I know. I know. You might see me at a stoplight somewhere losing my mind on my kids. I I, Trust me. Um, Before we start, though, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat um, and stand across this room because I know that today is a day where for many of you, it was a really happy thing to wake up this morning and somebody brought you a card and somebody made you breakfast in bed, but this is also a really heavy, weighty day, and for some people, it represents unimaginable pain. For some people, it represents extreme disappointment, loss, all of those things. So before we begin, I want to take a second and acknowledge that, and we're just going to pray, and you're also, please pray for me that I would be able to deliver this message um, in a way that God expects. Um, God, I thank you for the people in this room, Lord. I thank you for the people who are not in this room that are a part of our community, Lord. And we just lift up to you those people whom for today is not a great day. For, to, for them, today is one of the worst days, God. And we know your word promises us that you're near to the brokenhearted. Your word promises us that you see and you know the longings of our heart. God, that you see our pain and our brokenness and you are the healer. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that your plans for us are good. And we thank you, God, that you gave us each other to bear one another's burdens. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Okay, so today is a day that is about celebrating moms, and moms are true heroes. They really are. Throughout history, we see that moms save the day. As Jay said, none of us would exist if it wasn't for moms. Um, And it is a sacred role that was designed by God. He carefully designed it. He designed it that, that children would come into this world through our bodies, through the bodies of women, mothers. Um, But, you know, however you find yourself in the role of a mother, whether it's um, through foster care, whether it's biological, adoption, maybe you're a stepmother, um, if you are in that role, please know today you are, are ordained by God as a mother. You are ordained by God as a priestess, as a leader, as a pastor to those children, Um, And you you were specifically chosen. Whatever children it is that are in your orbit as as a mother, God chose you. Even if you're their foster parent, even if you are a stepmother, God chose you to be that mother. Um, And so today, if you are in a space today that you're feeling inadequate, maybe you came today and there was a big fight in the car, maybe your house is a mess, maybe who knows what is going on in your life as a mom, I want you to know that whoever God chooses, he equips. 
He always equips those he chooses. So if you are a mother, you have been chosen. There's no question. And we have a promise in God's word that if he chose you, he's going to equip you. Um, so what, the, the thing I really, as I started to think about this and pray about, the, I knew I was going to be speaking on Mother's Day, um, I started to just think about weariness. Uh, I've been a mom now almost 14 years, and just I know the cycle that we can get into sometimes where weariness can set in. Um, and I also know that now in a day and age of social media, in a day and age of just so much access to information about what everybody else is doing can cause that to be even worse, right? Um, so, you know, I, the thing about being a mom is it's, a, it's the most full-time job, right? Even if you have another full-time job, you go to work every day, there is zero break mentally, emotionally, and a lot of, in a lot of ways physically from being a mom. Um, and it even extends sometimes into the middle of the night. And it's for some of us more than others, unfortunately. And in my preparation, I, I kind of looked up, I was just thinking about how the social media and marketing plays into this, and I just started Googling things about marketing to moms. And I came across this article um, that, and I'm probably going to read too much of the article, but I was just thought it was so eye-opening. Um, it was in The Atlantic, written by a guy named Joe Pinsker, and he details his experience of att attending this conference called M2 Moms, and that was in New York City in 2018. It stands for Marketing to Moms. Look this up. It's, if you're a mom and you are struggling with how the things on your Instagram feed are making you feel, go read about these people and get some relief. <laughs> It's very calculated. All right, so on a recent clear-skied autumn morning, families milled about Rockefeller Center in Manhattan, clasping shopping bags, gazing into their phones, waiting on benches for straggling loved ones, unaware that 31 floors above them, in a sleek meeting place, a room full of marketers were trying to get inside their heads. Moms are the most, and this is a quote, moms are the most powerful influencers on the planet. That's so true. <laughs> said one. She is caring for a new life. She will buy anything for that baby, said another. It's 80-odd attendees and speakers who came from consumer product companies such as Volvo, Crayola, Kohl's, as well as from marketing firms, were gathered to learn how to reach in, in the worlds of words of Nan McCann, the conference, conference's organizer, the females you want to become your customers once, twice, and always. This knowledge was delivered to M2 Moms, mostly female, mostly white audience, in the form of presentations with such titles, I love this, titles of the presentation, From Bras to Booze, The Principles of Marketing to Mom. That's you, ladies, bras to booze, that's, that's how they think about you. <laughs> Decoding high-stress moms, how can brands make a difference? And do you move at the speed of mom? Probably not. Um, the reason companies want to move as quickly as moms is, listen to this, is that American mothers are estimated to make the vast majority of household purchasing decisions and collectively spend, are you ready, more than $2 trillion per year. American moms. Over the course of about a dozen hours of presentation panels and networking breaks, a bleak depiction of modern motherhood emerged. Today's moms, as marketers see them, are racked with doubt, guilt, and constantly overwhelmed. If you can get past, this is a quote, if you can get past the canned answers in a focus group, said another, 
presenter, a consultant named Amy Henry, what you'll hear, this is what Amy Henry said, if you can get past the canned answers that the moms are giving in a focus group, what you'll hear is worry, is what she said. Worry about buying the right product. Worry about instilling the right values, serving the right food. I look at that, Henry told the room, and say, gosh, that's an opportunity for a brand. So these, they're hearing the worries of moms, and what do they say? That's an opportunity for a brand. Not ignoring the worry, not discounting it, not critiquing the mom who has it, she said, but instead trying to turn worry into wonder. The, the morale, listen, this is the, the last thing I'll read on this. The morale of M2 moms seem to be only when you acknowledge that her life is hell will she be open to what you'd like to sell her. <laughs> so I, as a mom, I, I just, just take a second and close your eyes. And I want you to think, if you're a person who's on Instagram, you're on Pinterest, you're on all these things, and think that many, many, many of the people who are pushing content into your life, this is the premise where they began. Assuming that your life is hell, assuming that your, your solution to solve your problems as a mom is to spend money, to buy products, to get more, to get the right thing, and that you are a ball of worry and fear and stress. Um, you know, we all feel this, and the, this assault, it comes from many sides, because how many of you know that the devil is a schemer, and he doesn't have a one-size-fits-all scheme? So he knows that different ones of us are going to respond to different things. And these are just a couple kind of, of, of sort of the, the different strategies to make, your, make you believe that your life is hell, as they put it. Um, so some of us, we really follow the mommy influencers, which God bless them. A lot, of, a lot of them are wonderful people. They're great moms, and they want to produce content that helps. But many of us see this woman who has five beautiful children who all wear matching clothes all the time. She has rock-hard abs. Her teeth are so white. Her house is always clean. The dog never has an accident in the house. Everything, everybody is doing what they're supposed to do. Every child plays a different sport, and they are the all-star. They play instruments. They speak Latin. They, her, can, ladies, can we just talk about the pantry and fridge pressure these days? And you know what, what it is? Like, think about this for a second. Think about, think about how many of us are tricked. And I like an organized fridge. My sister knows. I do like my fridge to be organized. How much money these people are convincing you that you have to spend in order to be able to have your home organized, that you must have every acrylic organizer in your refrigerator, you must replace every package that the grocery store gives you with something beautiful with a wood lid. I see women looking at their husbands and their husbands going, I told you you didn't need to get that. All, so that's one side of it, is that you, you, it, the devil starts to rope you into this comparison game, into jealousy, into feeling inadequate, into, or maybe you do a great job at that and it, you begin to be roped into pride in doing, doing all of these things. And again, having an organized fridge is great. Be, exercising every day is great. Putting your kids in sports is fine. I am not in any way condemning any of these things. But listen, Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, make careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that, 
Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Some of us got to put that phone down and do the creative best we can with our own life. So the other side of what I see on the mommy social media train is the I just can't adult, I just can't mom today, my kids are brats, my kids, and some people, how many of you have seen people referring to their kids as words I can't say on, on the platform? As a funny thing, I saw a video of a child getting a cake from their mother, and this is put on social media as content, as a little child who couldn't read, and the cake said, um, you are a expletive with candles, and everybody's clapping while the child is blowing out the candles, and this mom's whole social media platform is all about how her kids drive her crazy. And she's doing and caring for them. I don't think she's physically abusing them anyway, but it's a shtick that as moms, we are... Um, it's all about complaining. It's all about, I got to get my wine and get in the lock myself in the bathroom and get away from these people. How many have you seen that and, and you're aware of that? Um, Psalm 127.3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So I don't even need to talk about that anymore because that is not of God. And, and it's, all of us need a break. My kids are probably, my, if any of my kids are in the room, they know sometimes if I'm in the bathroom for a while. I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm just taking a second. I just need a minute to be, have some quiet. So there, I'm not condemning that either. But th this culture of, oh, my kids, oh, it's just ridiculous complaining, and it has to stop. It's not your identity. If you have a shirt that says, I can't adult today, please just get rid of it because you have to adult today. I, I'm not kidding, you, you are an adult, <laughs> you are a mom, and it's, it's just what you gotta do. Every once in a while we need a vacation, but don't, wear, don't advertise that to your kids, it's complaining. All right, anyway. Um, so today I hope we make a conscious decision as moms that our identity as moms, we're in the world, we are not of it. We maybe participate in the fridge organization. We maybe participate in the sports. All of these things, that, these aspects of our just natural day-to-day -day lives, but we are not of it. It is not our identity. That we will use God's word as a guide for how to mom. As Christian moms today, um, I, I hope that we can collectively agree that we're going to reject these, pro these projected ideas because they are projected on you. If you think it's coming from within you, it's not. It's marketing, and it's working. <clears throat> um, all right. So you know what is so fantastic? So we talked about all of this. We talked about all of these external influences, but we also know a lot of it's just internal. We just, we just feel sometimes like garbage as a mom. We feel like we're failing. There's actual literal humans in our house screaming. Social media is not telling you that. It's happening. <laughs> there are kids who you ask to put, I, we have a laundry chute because we have a really old house. And if I can ever get my sons to put their laundry down the laundry chute, I, it, just without me saying something, I, it is going to be a victory, beautiful day. I'm like, you people, you just literally take it on. Drop it down, and it goes. You, that's all you have to do. Um, th these things are hap actively happening in our homes, and it's not imagined, and it can be wearisome, right? But I want to tell you that your mind, your hands, 
your feet, your heart, your spirit are to be equipped and strengthened for your role as a mom by God. And he has, a, he has a plan to do that for you. And whether you're working outside of the home, whether you're working inside of the home, your role as a mom, it requires all of you. So th those things that I specifically just said, those are not an accident. Those are things God is going to equip and strengthen all of those things because you need all of those things. Um, so Hebrews 13, 20, and 21 says... If you're across this room, close your eyes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this verse, but it's a prayer over you. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, I love that, that God is just saying, before he even says this, do you know who I am? The God of peace who brought our Lord Jesus up from the dead. So what's your problem you brought before me today? Because this is what I've already done, Right? You're tired, you, you're exhausted, your kids won't obey. Oh, well, I raised Jesus from the dead, so look what I'm going to do for you. The great shepherd of the sheep and, ratif and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through you, the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. How many of you, as a mom, that really sounds like what you need? That you need that power, that you need to be equipped. You need, you need him to produce in you what you need for doing his will, because it's really hard. We need supernatural, joy, supernatural power to be what we need to be as a mom, to wake up every morning and be joyful, to be godly, to be effective, to have the right words to say, to have the energy and the stamina to attack all of the various tasks that we have as a mom with purpose. You have to have supernatural power. It's not human. <clears throat> what are, so what are the things as moms that we have to do? You can start to shout them out. What are your jobs on a day-to-day -day basis if you're a mom? Listen, what did you say? Morning. morning. So what do we got to do in the morning? We got to make sure they're dressed. We got to make sure they have everything they need. We got to feed them. We got to make sure they're learning how to do their chores, which sometimes is more work for us. You have to get, keep the laundry moving, which is a never-ending battle. There's homework. There's sports. There's chauffeur, being a chauffeur. There's being a counselor. You're a referee. You're a janitor. Everything under the sun that needs to be done to keep these people alive is on some level usually your responsibility. Hopefully you have a good partner, and we're not talking about him today, but we could, but we're not. We're not. I'm blessed I have a great partner who, who engages on all of those tasks um, with me, and I, I'm very blessed for that. Is he clapping for himself? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to say, you just lost whatever points you were getting. So all of these things that you're thinking of, you're probably making a mental list. And by the way, I also want to say, if, you're, if your kids are grown, there's still an enormous weight of motherhood that never ends. I know that. And, and it, there still are physical tasks that come, but the emotional, mental weight is, is there as well. Um, so all of these day-to-day -day things, they are the toil of mothering. And I use that word specifically, toil, because I, I think that word connotates in our minds um, a labor that is productive, right? Um, so you really, you're tending to your garden. 
you're through all of those tasks, you're tilling, you're fertilizing, you're planting seeds, you're weeding, watering, you're, you're putting up fences to keep out critters, you're figuring out, oh, I think we might have some bugs here on this plant, and let's get in there, and what do we need to do to kill that, and calling a friend to find out, hey, can I, can I put, what is it, lime or something, I don't know, coffee grounds, you know, there, there's and there's so many, even if you think gardening, there's so many approaches to doing it. There's so many different ways to doing it. And that's what it is as a mom. Um, the bottom line when we really think about it is that mothering is really hard work. It's really hard work. And we, we honor you today. As, as a fellow um, mom, hardworking mom, I honor you today because I know. And some of you work much harder than I do. Some of you have a job that demands a lot more hours out of the home, and some of you are full-time in the home, which is a different type of hard work in itself. I'm kind of a mix of both. Um, so Galatians 6, 9 says, this is one of the greatest verses in the Bible, and I say it to myself on a regular basis. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So, Mom, today, I think that's what a lot of us need to hear. Don't be weary in doing good because there's a promise at the end of this that in due time you will reap a harvest for your hard work, for your purposed plan every day, for your kids, for your diligence, for your staying awake. You will reap a harvest. Um, God has called you, as we said before, so he will strengthen you, Right? Colossians 1, 11 through 12 says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. He promised it. You're going to have it. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Which, oh man, is that not what you, as a mom, when you think about the hard work you're doing, that your kids would share in the inheritance and their kids would share in the inheritance? Not the inheritance of money, not the inheritance of an organized refrigerator or a sports trophy, but the inheritance that is the light of the gospel. Is that not what it's about for us godly Christian moms? It's so good. He is so he has called you so he'll strengthen you. He has called you so he will equip you. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd, the sheep, this is what we already read, but it's so good, I have to, um, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So he wants to equip you, he wants to strengthen you, and he does this through his word. When you crack open his word, that is where you're going to get that strengthening, that equipping information. He does this through his people, and he does this through his house. And I want to tell you that his people and his house, it's similar, but it's not actually exactly the same. His house is an organized structure, the church, where when you begin, because you can actually have a Christian over to your home and be equipped together in your home. But when you start to sign your kids up 
for the programs at the church. And when you bring your kids to volunteer in the church, and when, when your kids see you get up and get to church early on a Sunday morning and you're serving in the nursery, that is part of how God is using his house to equip and strengthen you. And, that, and, and that's a, a distinction that is different from just his people. Yes, you need Christians to be close with you, and you need Christians to be in, in each other's homes, but you also need to get yourself as a mom and your kids actively engaged in the house of God. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit. So we talked a lot about kind of what the external, what the world is defining for us as a mom, and just the, the panic that is being created in a lot of ways, the comparison games, the, um, the also just the, the, it's normalized to complain. It's normalized to resent your role as a mom. It's also, unfortunately, becoming normalized to um, deny and eliminate your role as a mom and eliminate that child. Um, through abortion. All of these things are things that our people are beginning to celebrate. Not just as a reality in society, but it is celebrated to denigrate and desecrate, desecrate your role as a mom and take it almost as an offense that somebody would minimize you to be the role of a mom. How could, it, how could that ever be minimized? It's the most important role on human earth in, in, on earth in many senses. A woman who's bringing life into the world and training up these children. It's so honored and revered. And as a church, we, we should continue to celebrate it from the rooftops, how wonderful it is. <clears throat> so what is your role as a mom as we read in Scripture? What does the Bible tell us as a mom? Uh, really, there's actually not a lot in the Bible about, about moms specifically. Um, but when, we, when, we start, when I started to pull different verses, what, what did I find out that God is saying is a role, a role of a mother? I'm sure you could add to this list and you can find other things for me telling me different things. But this is, these are the three that I pulled. Um, so the first thing I saw is that the Bible teaches us that a mother is a comforter. And we know this from... Typically, right away when a baby's born, not always, there's different circumstances, but um, usually pretty close to right away when a baby is born, the mom holding that baby, now they do, you know, skin to skin where you, your, your skin touching that baby's skin causes them to feel immediate comfort, right? And that is holy and designed by God. It's sacred. It's spiritual. That you as a mom getting that baby in your arms and squeezing them causes them to feel a feeling of peace. And that's because you, mom, are like God. Jesus said when he was leaving, he was sending to us what? A comforter. He was sending us the Holy Spirit who was a comforter. And you, mom, are designed to be like God and embody who God is for your kids, and you're a comforter. It says, Isaiah 66, 13, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Um, and, you know, as soon as your kids are born or as soon as they come into your life, whether however they came into your life, they can begin to experience God through you, through your comforting arms. Um, number two that I see in the Bible is we, we see that a mom is a caretaker. And um, Isaiah 49, 15, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? Proverbs 31, 31, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring praise at the city gate. So you as a mom, you were designed, your mind, your hands, your physical body to organize the care of your children. 
to organize their meals, and, and dads too. I'm, trust me, we have a home that we don't, my husband makes food, he does whatever. He, when we had diapers, he changed diapers. That, that's, please don't at me or whatever it is we do these days. The, 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 but you as a mom, I probably, it's maybe controversial to say, but you are probably uniquely equipped, uniquely anointed, usually as the one in your home to be the caretaker and organizing the care of your children. Would you agree? Even if you work outside the home. Um, and you know, so, so I read that verse from Proverbs 31, and I think sometimes Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman can be a little bit like what we talked about the mommy influencer. How many of you have felt that way a little, if you're familiar with that verse, where you start to feel it, that when you read that scripture, it can start to provoke feelings of shame. Um, you can maybe feel a little bit like, I could never do all of that. You read about, if you're not familiar, it basically describes this ideal woman who she works outside of the home. She's up before everyone else is up, and she's awake after everyone's asleep. She makes clothes. She's cooking. She has a business. She sells things. She trains girls to work. She's just amazing. Her husband loves her. Her kids love her. They all tell everyone how amazing she is and blessed she is. And, and some of us, you can, if we're in a certain headspace, maybe we're already feeling shame, we read that and we just, it just makes us feel awful. But I want to tell you something. The truth is that the devil is the accuser, and that's what the Bible tells us. And if you read something in Scripture it's, it's, and you feel that way, you need to say to the Holy Spirit, is this conviction? Are you convicting me of sin and in showing me an area I can get better? Or is this the devil accusing me and, and putting me in a place of shame? Because God never, his intention never is to shame you. His intention is to highlight an area of your life where you need to grow and be like him, and he wants to equip you and strengthen you to make those changes. Amen? <clears throat> okay, so... And, you know, God does call us to a high standard of living, and he does, he knows, he puts his spirit in us, so he knows we can do more than what we can do in our natural self because he empowers us supernaturally. Um, but what I love, when you read about the Proverbs 30 woman, what I love when you just go through all of that is she is so purposed. She's so proactive in her caretaking. She's not just reacting and responding to crisis all day. She's not just reacting and responding to what's happening around her, what's happening in the world, what her kids are saying. She has a plan. And she is going about it, and she has a plan for the finances, she has a plan for the food, for the clothing, all of these things, and she's busy. Um, and I, I listen to this, Proverbs 31:27 says, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. How many of you have suffered from your own laziness? I have, and you know, there are some areas of life where my family has suffered from my laziness in some ways, and there's, there's different degrees of this. So some nights, your family might suffer from your laziness because it's like mac and cheese, and, or it's cereal for dinner. You know, it's sometimes like the jersey's not actually clean, and it's just febreze You know, there, there, are, there are varying degrees of what is suffering from your laziness. The next area, though, that I want to talk about is it's the, the next role that you have as a mom, and it's the area where the suffering from your laziness is detrimental. And it, we can't, it cannot be 
and God is, you know, there's grace for the mac and cheese in their bodies. God will maybe magically turn it into great nutrition. I don't know. Um, but this next area, there, you know, it, God, there, there will be prices to pay. There will be consequences if you are lazy in this area. And that's your next role, number three, as a teacher. Um, and I, I saved this one for last because it's, it's my favorite. I probably naturally am a teacher. I talk to my kids um, incessantly. They hear a lot of words out of my mouth, especially in the car. Is Brayden back there? Brayden is so good. Brayden's my almost 14-year-old, and he has learned a great, a great skill for his life as a future husband that he, if I am upset, he, yes, Mom, I'm sorry, Mom. I, I know, Mom, I'm sorry. And sometimes, and, and, and sometimes he means it, sometimes he does not mean it. And I hear him, I, every once in a while, say to my, my youngest son, Eden, who does not have that skill, Eden, just, just say okay, mom. Just say yes, mom, and it'll be over. <laughs> but, you know, I, I celebrate that in Braden because I think sometimes it, that's just the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. Just say yes, mom. Um, but Ian, I, so I saved this one for last, but it's also the one that's most specifically referenced in Scripture when we talk about our role as parents and it comes to our children, is that we are their teachers. We are, their, we are supposed to be training them. We are not their babysitters. We are not their cheerleaders. We are not their activities managers. We're not just their back rubbers. We are their teachers. You are instructed by God to be getting ahead of them in wisdom progressively every day. You can, you can grow if you say, I don't know anything yet. That's fine. They're kids. Just, just, just be one step ahead of them, a half a step ahead of them. And then we're to be turning around and continually teaching, instructing. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. So do you want your kids to have a garland? Do you want your kids to have a chain? That's up to you. They can't put that on if you don't give it to them. If you do not teach them, if you don't take the time, if, when, if you are too tired to mom today and you're in the bathroom with your wine, what do they have to wear? Nothing. If you just hand them a screen and you walk away and you just can't today, or if you're too busy, and I don't think we have this in our community, but if you are someone who's too busy selfieing and storying and capturing all the memories that you're not actively teaching, what are they going to have to wear? Something ugly. Proverbs 31, 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I was not happy with Brayden last night, so he's probably thinking it wasn't kindness on my tongue. I just have real-time accountability right now. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. It's constant. It's it's. You, you cannot be too tired to mom today. The scripture doesn't allow it. It's just not there. If you need a break, you got to tag somebody else in and take your break. And that can be a grandma. That, that's why we talked about the house of God. The people of God are there to help to equip you, to strengthen you. 
Deuteronomy 4.9, only be careful and watch yourself closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he was old, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Last one, I promise. Proverbs 23, 22, and 25, listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth, do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. So think back to that ver- that what we heard about $2 trillion. What is it that we're buying? And I, I understand this is a mixed metaphor because you can't buy these things. But what is it, where are we putting our treasure? Is it in wisdom and understanding? Is it, are we teaching our kids that we invest to know God, that we invest to learn how to please him? Or do we teach our kids that the most important thing is that we get up on Saturday morning and put on our dumb cleats and put on our dumb whatever these things are and go sit in the rain while you spin around and don't kick the ball? I, what are we teaching our kids is our priority with our, with our money, our time, our energy? Are we buying wisdom or are we buying competition or just being like sheep, just following in line of what everybody tells us we need to be doing? The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. What, what is a great reward in raising a child? Is it is it that they went to an Ivy League university? Is it going to be that they made a, a lot of money? Is it that they look really beautiful in pictures? Is it, is it any of these things? What is a great reward? What is it that makes you so glad? It's that your children received wisdom that was taught to them by you. They received truth about the gospel and that they grew into someone who loves God and serves him and that they then begin to find out what was pleasing to God. They then begin to be equipped for his service and to do the good things that he's called us to do, right? Your number one job as a mom, and somebody may fight me on this, but I... I will, we can argue about it. Your number one job as a mom or a dad, but we're talking about moms, is to teach your children to obey you. And and I'm backed by scripture on that so that they can learn to obey God. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. The first commandment with a promise was to your kid. That's amazing. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. This area of weariness, to me, is the most harmful, and it's something I actually see a lot. You pour all your energy into comforting, caretaking, providing, activities director, or into yourself, into your job, into your friends, into who knows what. You, you put your energy into competing and comparing or complaining, whatever it is, or you're just, you just not focused, that you don't have the energy to insist, insist on obedience and provide consequences for disobedience. This is something that 
if you are someone who you don't insist that your kids obey, I would ask you today to, between you and God, say, huh, how is this something that I can make a change? Um, The honest truth is the Bible teaches us is that obedience, obedience to you, is life and death for your kids. It impacts their life, the longevity of their life. That's what the Bible teaches us. And it's up to us to create a structure that expects them to obey, sets them up for success in obedience, and provides them consequences when they don't, right? Everybody are quiet. You know what I see a lot? I see a lot of moms, especially of younger kids, little kids. Johnny, don't touch that. Well, don't touch it again. Okay, um, actually, be quiet while you're touching it. Okay, um, don't throw it. I, I don't say no, because I see it. I see it with my own eyes. How many of you have seen the negotiation in the grocery store, the famous negotiation in the store where the child is throwing a fit, and what happens? Then you, you see them throughout the store, kicking their mom, screaming, throwing, and then you see Johnny at the register with a candy, with a toy, ready. He's conquered. He's won, getting his toy. Here's the thing. I, and I know, I, especially if you're a single mom, I am not... I bow at your feet. I really do. I, uh, I'm not trying to be critical of you. But God has a plan to strengthen and equip you to fight those battles with your kids. He has designed you to be the boss. You're the boss. I, and I say it to my kids. I said it to my daughter last night. Look, I'm in charge. That's it. I'm not perfect, and my kids know I'm not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes, but for better or worse, I am in charge, and God is in charge of me. If you are too busy, too worn out, too distracted to insist on obedience, to spend time teaching your kids about God's word, to give them... An, under, an understanding of his house to show up for activities, to help them to engage in the, in the life of Christ through his, his people. If your life is too full of, I don't know what it is, it is time for you to make a change. And I want to tell you right now that God's purpose for you as a mom in your house, his purpose for your linen closet, for your laundry, for the activities that your kids engage in, for the time that you sleep and don't sleep, he is so keenly aware of all of the natural that impacts your life as a mom. He knows it all in and out. He actually sent his son Jesus to come and live a human life, and he experienced what you're experiencing. Obviously, he was a man, but he lived a human life. And I want to tell you, I cannot stress to you enough, God wants to equip you. He wants to strengthen you for this task. And his number one priority for you as a mom day to day is that you would teach your kids to obey you as you obey Christ. But you know what? Today I also recognize there's probably those of you today that this is an easy sermon for you to hear and you just think kind of, yeah, amen. I, I, yes, that is, I agree with these things. I feel validated or I feel a little challenged here or there. But some of you are like, give me a break. I, I, I can't even, I'm so far from being able to even comprehend these things because I'm just drowning. 
I want to tell you today that God is so patient and kind. The, the reason that you as a mom are a comforter is because he first is a comforter. He knows exactly where you are and what you're facing and the challenges that you're, you're actively trying to overcome and not. And, you know, he's proud of you, mom. He's proud of you. The things that you, areas where you're getting better, the areas where you're trying, he sees you and he's proud of you. Let's stand across this room. And I know this is probably the fourth time I read this, but I'm going to read it again, and I don't apologize. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Just close your eyes across this room. Now may the God of peace, oh God, bring peace to our homes. God, the homes that are represented here today where there is not peace. God, we ask through the power of your Holy Spirit that by filling the moms in this house with your spirit, with the fruits of the spirit, bring peace. Make her an agent of peace, just like you are the Prince of Peace. God, that her words, her actions, the way that she moves in her home would be like a salve to anger. We thank you, God, that you've anointed her and you've called her specifically to that family in that home. May the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with blood, may he equip you. God, for these moms in this house today that they feel ill-equipped, they were not raised the way they want to raise their kids. They feel like they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They're struggling to control their temper. They're struggling to physically do, accomplish the tasks every day that they have in front of them. God, you promised us that you would equip us. So God, we just ask you today to do your thing. You raised Jesus from the dead. You can, you can empower me to do my laundry with a good attitude. You, we laugh, but oof. You can empower us to unsign our kids up for soccer and not worry about it. You can empower us to get the lunches packed the night before and meal plan. You can empower us to sit down and have a Bible study with our kids even though we feel like we won't know the answer to the questions. You, you are here to equip us. And I pray, God, that this would be a house of God where the equipment is readily available. <clears throat> may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. God, make your will known to us for our homes, for our kids. It's very specific. What you've called each of us to is different. So help each mom to know what your will is for her kids and her family. Through the power of Jesus Christ. God, we need your power. Mom, today, ask him for his power. We need your power in our lives so that we can do what is good and what is pleasing to you. All glory to you forever and ever. Amen. We thank you so much, Jesus, for just your voice in our life, your power in our life, God, and you did not leave us alone. And Lord, we thank you for our kids. Let's take a second. and We thank you for our kids. God, I thank you for my kids. They are a blessing. God, they're my reward. I thank you for them, God. And before we walk out of here, we thank you, God, for those women here today who are longing for a child. And we pray, Lord, that your will would be done in their life, God. And if, it's, if it is your plan, bring them a child and help us to celebrate them. If it's not your will, God, I pray that you would help them to have peace and comfort and fill their life with the things you've called them to. In Jesus' name, amen.